Welcome to the NS North Podcast. My name is Dan Byers, and I'm joined tonight by my co-host, Philippe Casgrain. How are you, Phil? I'm great, and you, Dan? I'm good. Uh, We're very happy to have you listening in on our seventh podcast in a series that introduces our attendees to the great speakers who will be presenting at NS North 2013. NS North is Ottawa's first independent iOS and Mac developers and designers conference. It will take place at the Ottawa Convention Centre on April 19th to the 21st. In this podcast, we are very pleased to have with us speaker Gus Mueller, and he joins us now. How are you, Gus? I'm doing good. Thanks. Right on. Now, Gus, could you maybe introduce yourself and uh, tell us a bit about what you do? Right. So, uh, as you said, my name is Gus Mueller, and uh, my company is called Flying Meat, and we're located just north of Seattle, uh, Washington. And uh, um, basically, we're I. it's a couple of people in the company, me and my wife, and uh, We've got three Mac apps and one iOS app. So uh, my main application is called Acorn, and it's an image editor, and it uses a lot of core image and some OpenCL and uh, a lot of fun stuff. And then another one is VoodooPad, which is a note-taking app, and FlySketch, which is a screenshot-taking app, and then we've also got VoodooPad for iOS. Right, and VoodooPad is probably your orig- original app, and Acorn has kind of taken over. Yeah, uh, VoodooPad was my first app. Uh, I guess it's almost 10 years old now, and uh, Acorn came out a little over five years ago. So, But yeah, Acorn is definitely my number one app these days. It has a, it has a definite uh, visual appeal right there. Yeah. Um, Vo- VoodooPad it, it, you have to warm up to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. VoodooPad's um, really taken off, I guess, in the sort of like... Uh, Research, you know, people who need to take notes, a lot of education um, uses professors and students. We get student requests for discounts all the time. Um, but Acorn is, um, it, it's got a lot more users who are just not as vocal, I guess. It's a more general purpose app for everyone. So everyone needs to edit a photo at some point. And so we've basically tried to make an image editor that um, it, isn't, it isn't as intimidating as other applications that you'd find. You know, it's just got a single palette and uh, it's just really easy to approach. And it can open Photoshop files, which is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's not you know 100% fidelity because the only thing that can do that is Photoshop, but it, do, it does its best. How many years have you been in development of Acorn? Uh, so Acorn actually started off as a um, FlySketch 2.0. So Acorn has been released, I guess, for two and a half, I mean, five and a half years, but in development, probably about six and a half years. So, you know, it, I worked on the... Um, one point, well, FlySketch 2.0, which turned an Acorn 1.0 for probably about nine months off and on. So, yeah, it's been doing it for a long time. And originally, it wasn't um, a core image-based um, application. I, I did everything in Quartz. Um, but eventually, I switched everything over to uh, um, all the compositing and rendering is done via core image now. And so. I guess that's a lot a lot more efficient, I suppose, uh, code-wise yeah. and or performance. Yeah, trying to put everything through Quartz. Quartz is really good at some things, but if you want to push pixels around really fast and write fun filters and make everything just uh, take advantage of the system, is you know, take all the resources that you can, you want to use Core Image for this kind of work. Right, it, and really Core Image is what made uh, the development of Acorn uh, possible, if I'm not mistaken. Right, yeah, so all the filters, you know, it's got over 100 filters in them, and those were system-supplied um, thanks to Core Image. And, uh, yeah, and the fact that you can write your own kernels in Core Image as well, too, so I could write my own filters that integrated with everything perfectly. And it, it's, it's, it's heavily optimized, too, for uh, scaling, um, what do you, <clears throat> excuse me, scaling uh, big images down to a little and doing things efficiently, whereas Quartz um, 
doesn't really sort of have that pipeline. And uh, so what would you say over the six years, or well, I guess over the, 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 the two you said, um, how, how many, like, how, how big is your user base um, at, at this point, would you, would you well, estimate? Um, you know, it's, I, I'm honestly not sure because Acorn 2, I gave away for free. You could use it for free. So there were a whole bunch yeah. of people. Um, I had 100,000 people in the state of Maine using it. Um, they bought, well, I mean, I donated a license to them for um, their uh, Maine learning technology. Uh, MLT. Well, basically, they gave all the students a laptop, and uh, they all had a copy of Acorn. Oh, so right. I had they all had, one. like, iBooks at some point or something. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. And uh, um, Main Learning Technology Technology Initiative. I think that's what it was. And uh, um, so there are tons of folks there. And uh, um, then, you know, I've got thousands and thousands that have paid for it as well. So I, it's it's just kind of hard to tell. I've got enough to keep me busy. So... So you say that you you also work with your wife, and that's like a fairly full time thing, I imagine. And, and and since she is your wife, that's a very twenty four hour full time thing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, Kirsten does a lot of the documentation. I would say probably ninety five percent of the documentation is written by her. She does a lot of tu- the tutorials and such as well, and uh, um, a lot of the support questions she answers. Um, and then the the hard ones get passed off to me. Right on. That's that's Just great. With that many users, you might have you probably have some support issues or yeah well you would know acorn's got a whole lot more users than a uh, voodoopad but voodoopad uh requires a bit more support um i think it's just because acorn is easier to use than voodoopad it's not as geeky so people use um voodoopad and it's just i guess more of a power users um application whereas acorn we we just tried to put so much documentation out there so people could just help themselves right yeah, you, you have to with that amount of users and, a, and a, essentially a two-person company. <laughs> yeah. So aside from your uh, your involvement with Acorn and the rest of your, your, your portfolio, um, do you f- do you have the time to contribute uh, either to the open source community or, or outside of, of, of software development? Or Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I've got a handful of open source components out there. Um, one of them is called FMDB, which is probably my most popular piece of software. Well, it's a, it's a set of libraries for uh, connecting to SQLite. Um, so you can do uh, basically database transactions in your... Uh, it will, if people aren't aware of it, SQLite is a relational database that's embeddable in your application. But it's got a C interface, which was meant to be wrapped around with some other classes, and that's what FM Database is. And um, it's I've probably got... There's at least a thousand applications out there that are using FMDB, including wow. mine. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Yeah. It's a, um when people are looking for an alternative to um, core data, they usually settle on FMDB. I mean, a lot of applications use it, so I'm pretty surprised at how it's taken off. You can basically just use Objective C uh, classes to talk to SQLite and and forget about the C interface because I've done the C interface base and this is much nicer. Yeah, the C interface was never meant to be used directly. Um, the the author actually stated that uh, he wants people to write wrappers for it. So, so you're doing the right thing if you're going to use FMDB. <laughs> yes. Um, I've also got uh, some other um, things out there. Um, what, I've got a set of web web dev classes, um, which I wrote for uh, syncing with Foodipad four a long time ago, and not quite as popular, but some people do use them. And then um, I've also got a scripting language out there called JS Talk. Um, it, it combines an open source uh, scripting bridge between JavaScript and Cocoa, but um, I made it. I included a preprocessor with it, so you can use uh, Objective C syntax. So you can basically write your scripts in Objective C, uh, but um, 
and also call JavaScript functions and stuff like that. And I use it for prototyping quite a bit. Like I, um, whenever I want to write a new core image filter, I will, I will um, write it up in, J <clears throat> excuse me, in JS Talk first because it's a lot easier to iterate and you can just write your kernels on the fly without having to recompile and run and recompile and run. You can just make little adjustments. It's, it's pretty awesome. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I'll be showing that a little bit in the talk as well because it's just it's a neat tool. It's sort of like, a, it, are you familiar with Quartz Composer at all? Oh it, yes, and we 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 lament its uh, lack of uh, updates. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, um, it it does some neat things with core image as well, but um, you can't really combine stuff together. And and it's it's a visual way to write your code, I guess. Whereas JS Talk is a you know so it's a traditional way. One's the IB, and the other one is the code. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to think yeah. of it. So, yeah. So and I, I've got um, some other classes out there. I've got a GitHub repository with probably six or seven different projects up there. And I also open sourced um, a handful of Acorn plugins and also uh, VoodooPad plugins as well, so people can use those um, and just add them to their applications. Like you can read Acorn's uh, documents in other people's uh, in your application just by including a simple framework, which is pretty nice. Right. Yeah, so. and you can read all the layers and everything. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's I've documented in code. An Acorn document is actually an SQLite database. Yes, so as opposed just, to the previous version of the document, of the document, which would have been a large dictionary. Yeah. Which oh, is the thing you, we all do. Oh, throw right. a plist out. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, it made sense at the time. But, I mean, it's, it certainly beats, you know, a big blob of data with offsets, and you've got to know how big your byte you know, the next bytes you're going to read. I'm looking at you, Photoshop. Yes. So. Or <laughs> in a previous life, I worked on a software called Painter, and that's it. It's, we, we had our own file format, which was fairly documented, but it was also pretty arcane. And for one of the, the versions of Painter, we made something that, that used an SQLite database to store essentially different layers and different actual files, and that's where I used the, the SQLite uh, directly. And oh, okay. it was a... Uh, yeah, it was called Sketchpad. It was a great product, and it still is a great product. It's uh, still a little bit misunderstood. <laughs> that that used the SQLite database for the file format? Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, yes. I, I, I didn't know anybody else did that. Yes. So I need to write a blog. <laughs> I've been meaning to write a blog post about this. You know, every, everybody should do this. Well, so. it, it, the uh, the author of SQLite said that he wanted it to as a replacement for FileStar, right? Yeah, yeah. F so, open. F open yeah, is what exactly. it was supposed to replace. So, you want to replace, and if you're going to use fopen, go ahead and replace it with SQLite. It's really yeah, designed for that. So much better. Yes. Yeah. Oh well, the other person that I know that on this podcast that uses SQLite is uh, Justin Miller. Their maps are stored yep. as SQLite databases. Yeah, I've actually talked with them a bit, and uh, um, I helped them out to speed up some stuff a little while ago with uh, database pools. Nice. So he, yeah, so he could do some threaded reads in the background. Um, with FMDB, with uh, it also provides a block interface. So if you want to do some asynchronous oh, nice. stuff, you can as well. Nice. Generally, I I point people away from that because um, they want to do updates in the background, and you can deadlock, and you want to use um, it. Also, provide FMDB also has a, a queue interface, which you want to use, and it also uses mm. blocks. But if you're doing read only, you can just spin off a whole bunch of threads and um, use the um, database pool that way. And yeah, it's super fast. So outside of all this development that we've been talking about and we've been geeking out a little bit, do you do things that are uh, directly not related to development or when you uh, want to step away from the computer? Oh, yeah. Um, there's a, I go rock climbing quite a bit. Um, in, in Seattle, it's mostly, since it's so darn wet outside, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm usually uh, climbing inside you know, a climbing gym. So, and actually, there's one just a block away from me in my office downtown. 
And nice. um, I'm there, you know, two to three times a week. So, which, yeah, it's great. I just take off, you know, in the afternoon and go walk a block and, you know, I'm climbing. Um, so that's a ton of fun. And then I'm also, I like, I'm really into making pizza as well. So this past summer I built a pizza oven in my backyard. And, uh, wow, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a project. The thing that's, like that's something that I know a lot of our attendees are looking forward to, hearing something <laughs> about pizza. Yeah, do you guys really want me to talk about I mean, I can do like five minutes at the end or something like that. Or if you need another Blitz talk, I can do it. Yeah, I don't maybe, know. maybe, maybe um, it'll be your seventh Blitz talk. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Um, or it could be a good icebreaker because, uh, you know. Yeah, you know, maybe I'll start off that way. Or maybe I'll just I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put pizza pictures in there somehow. You know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I built a pizza oven, and it you know it gets up to a thousand degrees in there, and I cook pizzas in in about a minute. So I'm <laughs> oh my Neapol- gosh, a yeah, yeah, Neapolitan pizzas are the way to go. It's great. So Jeez. I love it. So and I also do a lot of just I one of the reasons I wrote Acorn was to um, help me. I I basically got an art minor in college, and so I like drawing and sketching, and so Acorn um, I wanted an app with that I would use. So I do a lot of drawing, even with just you know pencil and paper that's mostly how i do it but uh i do a lot of drawing with acorn as well so ah, so you get, you get to use the very software that you that you create to pursue an oh. additional passion <laughs> oh right yeah 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 so acorn was created for me and it's just yeah. you know other people like it too which is uh nice so very good so so you're you're you're, you're incredibly prolific with all your code your 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 products and your your open source stuff and you also and you also rock climb two two or three times a week. Like, oh my gosh, your your schedule is 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 quite full. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it is. So. Excellent. So you were talking about the, uh, the the talk that you would be giving. So do you have any more uh, insight that you can give, uh, or maybe a teaser? Right. So I'm going to be talking about core image and uh, um, mostly core image. I'll be also talking about OpenCL a bit, which is a uh, um, a newer language actually invented by Apple. Did you guys know that? I did Apple, not actually. Yeah, Apple. Apple was getting tired of all these people doing their uh, general-purpose GPU computing. They're like, "Hey guys, we're going to create a new one, and you guys are going to start using it." So they came, you know, talked to Nvidia and, AM, um, and AMD and uh, some other vendors, and they said, "Okay." So well, yeah, they went Apple. with a, it's an it's OpenCL. So it's, I think it's with the Kronos Group. It has to be if it's open yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, they uh, um they uh, they donated to them, or there there's some sort of board or something or whatever. But yeah, it was yeah. it was initiated by Apple, and they came up with the. The original stuff, so it's pretty neat. Um, and actually, Core Image, when you run it on the uh, on the, you can run it on the GPU or you can run it on the CPU. And when you run it on the GPU, it turns into a, they recompile it into GLSL. But when you run it on the CPU, they recompile it into OpenCL. So you might already be using OpenCL and you didn't even know it. So just kind of funny. Um, yeah, I'll be talking about Core Image mostly, and then I'm also going to show you how uh, you can do stuff similar things with OpenCL. OpenCL is really, really, really neat. Um, yeah. And I'll be doing a little, iOS has OpenCL, I mean, Core Image as well. It's not quite as powerful on the Mac, so I'll mostly be focusing on the Mac. You, you mean but, it's uh, not as, quite as powerful on iOS? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not quite as powerful on iOS. Because you can't write your own kernels on iOS, and there's a limited set of filters. But you can still uh, do some neat stuff. Yeah, because, because Sandbox. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not so much a Sandbox. I think it's performance. Mm, um, right. Eventually, when things get faster, you know, I think they're probably just going to want to um, beef up the graphics cards a little bit more before they... Uh, start letting you write your own kernels because you can write some kernels that are incredibly slow and that's going to eat battery life <laughs> right so i think they just want to make it i mean i don't this is just me guessing and sort of looking at the history of what apple does with their apis but i think it'll eventually have i wouldn't be surprised to see it in ios 7 you know possibly 8 
but it's it's eventually going to come, and we'll eventually get OpenCL there as well. It, it's definitely so. a programmable GPU. It's not just a dumb thing that you can do. It's it's got OpenGLES uh, 2.0 or GLES 2 and something like that. So it's got oh, pro- yeah. programmable shaders already. So yeah, yeah, and it might be that they're just not able to recompile all the OpenCL. I mean, all the core image stuff into the shading language they need to do yet. Right. You know. So it it is GLES after all. Yeah. So <laughs> it's still pretty darn good though. So uh, Rob was actually on uh, in a previous episode, and he mentioned about how you guys met at a conference years ago. Now, Philippe, did, did he say that it was C4, or was it a second conf? I believe it was a C4. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've never been to a second conf, but um, okay. yeah, I, I've met him at uh, C4 and Singleton, and you know, I've seen him at WWDC, yeah. Did, so did what, he have a... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, did he, what did he say? Okay, nothing but kind words. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I just um, so you you know you've you've been to a lot of these smaller conferences in the past. Like, what what do you find that you get out of the most um, as an attendee? Yeah, so um, it's it's two things you get out of it. I think um, a you get to meet people. Um, well, let's say two and a half things. Um, a you get to meet people. Um, you know, and these are people you're going to be follow up with with emails, and you you're going to find out what their uh, their domains are in. So if you've got a question on you know core image, hey, you're going to shoot probably Gus an email or something. Um, I also always get really inspired by seeing some of the stuff that other people are doing, and um, I learn tons of new things. Um, and then I also learn you know technical stuff. This is this is a little half. Um, I mean, you can always read your technical books or whatever. Um, but they're not quite the same as when someone shows you a really neat demo. And even, you know, Apple does some demos as well, you know, when you go to their conferences, but they're pretty sterile. So I think when you go to the smaller conferences, you get to see like some nitty gritty stuff, you know, people who are actually writing the applications as opposed to people who are writing the APIs who hope, you know, sort of know how they'll be used. And funnily enough, it's sometimes hard to get the sample code for these demos at Apple. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've had to, they've shown sample code at WWC and I'm writing, you know, developer support. Hey, I want this. Hey, I want this. And, you know, and eventually they send it to me. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Rob, Rob had terrible things to say, by the way. Like, I don't know. You, you probably don't want to listen to that, to that podcast. <laughs> oh, 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 I got to listen to it now. So, yeah. Rob's a good guy. So. Cool. All right. Well, I guess that should uh, wrap up this episode of uh, the podcast. Hey, eh, Phil? Absolutely. All right. Thank you very much for uh, joining us, Gus. We uh, really appreciate your time. Um, we we hope that our, our listeners enjoyed this episode and our tickets are still available. Uh, but remember that atten- attendance is limited. Um, if you'd like to know more about the conference, you can visit, visit our website at nsnorth.ca for all the details. And uh, Gus, uh, where should people go if they wanted to read more about you and your apps? Um, so flymeet.com is uh, where my website is. And... Uh, um I also have a web blog, you know, at, at shapeof.com, and I'm also CC Gus on Twitter. All right. So uh, be sure to join us again on the next NS North podcast. Only three more to go, and we hope to see everyone in Ottawa in April. Uh, thanks, Philippe. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Gus. Uh, no problem. Thank you, guys. Bye, everybody.